Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, and we continue. This is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Forget Tim Tebow. Let's welcome in the real star of the SEC Network. That is the former safety for the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. Won a Super Bowl and uh, played for Alabama, now doing a dominant job each and every Saturday and all throughout the week on the SEC Network. That is my pal in Roman Harper. Roman, what's happening? Zach, what's up, bro? Uh, good good talking to you, man. I appreciate the uh, the shout-out. You know what I mean? Uh, not too often I'm compared to a star, but uh, I'll take it, though, because uh, I don't sweat a lot, and I was always told you never see a star sweat. So well, I'm, I, I'm sweating a lot today. The listeners in the YouTube chat, they're <laughs> actually pointing out that I have pit stains in this uh, sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now. So I, I thought I was a star, but that's a humbling moment for me right now. I realize that I'm very irrelevant because I'm sweating under the bright lights. <laughs> it happens, dude. I'm trying to block out this one little light that's in my room because it's like really bothering me. Okay, I'm ready. It's all good, bro. I mean, sweat stains happen, just usually not for me. Yeah, well, that's because you're an actual star. Roman Harper is here with us. <laughs> Before we uh, talk some football, I don't know how much you caught of this conversation. I was going on my yearly rant, and then I got to you late. I'm not a big fan of turkey. I think turkey is overrated. My family no longer does turkey on Thanksgiving. Your thoughts on turkey? So I, you got to have turkey because it's, like, traditional. But, like, turkey's too easy to mess up for me. It's like if it's not cooked just right, like it's not juicy enough, gets dry, more complaints. I actually prefer ham. I eat way more Smart ham man. than than I do turkey. Um, that's really it. I don't hate on it. Um, I like it, you know, sometimes deep fried. I, I kind of like the fried turkey. That kind of is kind of good too. But I don't think my I, my wife doesn't do that too often. So, I mean, when I get it, I enjoy it. Maybe I like it because I don't get it that often. Maybe that's what it is too. But uh, turkey is traditional. I prefer ham. It seems like what you're saying is you have it just to have it. You pick at it a little bit. <laughs> And then you go, oh, this is kind of a dry bird. I'll push it to the side. Load me up on that ham. That's what Roman Hart was saying. Yeah, I'll take the ham and I'll take some chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, turkey's like, I'll take the other two, though. Yeah, it's it's not in, like, my top five power rankings of food that I would ever want. Like, if you go through the college football rankings and you kind of did that with food, it'd be like 24, 25, maybe even outside of the top 25. It's probably outside the top 25. If I go all food... and not just Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving is going to crack my probably top 12. Ooh. Um, but it's not 
it's it's not going to make or break me either way. So it would make the expanded version of the playoff is, is what you're saying <laughs> when you go to 12 teams. Talking to Roman The 2024 Hartford. version. The 2024 version. <laughs> They'll finally get in. The, the, Turkey's kind of <laughs> like Notre Dame. That's what it is. They always <laughs> look like the part, but then when they actually play a big game, they just don't show up. All righty, let me get to Alabama. So I thought Alabama season was on life support. I was ready to pull the plug when they were at halftime up against Tennessee. And then they come out firing in that third quarter. I know you are an Alabama alum, but you do work for the SEC Network. Where is the confidence, big one this weekend, for Alabama hosting LSU with what you saw last week? Uh, it's uh, As an Alabama alum, I actually, um, the confidence is pretty high just um, because Alabama's – but it's this is such a tough game to really talk about and maybe try and decide because – LSU wants to turn this into a track meet. That is their way to win this game. This game's got to be high scoring. They want it up tempo, up pace. They need to start fast. They need this game in the their high 30s, 40s. That's a, a formula for LSU to win this game. They don't mind giving up points because the moment they score, their offense gets right back on the field. So I know they mind, but it's not their end. It, it doesn't kill them because their offense is what runs the whole ship anyway. Uh, their defense is it's just, just a way to slow down their offense, obviously. obviously, honestly. It, it's been kind of atrocious, honestly, uh, as far as LSU's defense is concerned. But Alabama itself, is my confidence has grown in this team because I, I, I didn't know what to expect early in the year. I thought they were going to be this one team that, like, ran the football and play action passed off that. And they're not like that at all. So, Zach, this team has kind of grown and matured and found their own identity throughout this season. I think it's a team that – was told that they were going to be great all year long or that they were going to be so good. And they believed it, but you still got to go out there and prove it to yourself. And so, and then you finally start to understand who you are. And it's been kind of interesting to see, you know, if I would have thought that they were going to beat Texas A&M, I never thought it was going to be able to say like, they can't run the ball at all. And Jalen Milrow was going to be able to throw him, throw him a game and win it for him that way. He did that. I never thought that they would be down 20 to seven versus Tennessee and have a way to come back. But they did that as well, and all of a sudden they stiffened up on defense. They found a way to be continue to be explosive on offense, and they came. They had so they're winning games that we don't see them winning, or like, or we don't anticipate the way that it's going to go. And they they say the best versions or the best teams always find ways to win, and that's who this Alabama team is starting to become. Uh, I, I don't know why, but the defense is playing extremely well, especially the secondary, and now the defensive line is really playing stout and really great against the run. They're getting after the passer, which I think this week is going to be highly dangerous. You've got to keep Jalen, Jaden Daniels in the pocket. You can't let him escape. So uh, it, for me, it's going to come down to game plan and execution. How does Alabama's defense, how do they execute the game plan? And for LSU, how do they turn this into a track meet? For LSU or Alabama, you know, whoever goes to the SEC title game, do you view either of those teams having enough this year to take down Georgia in the SEC championship game in a few weeks? Um, with all due respect, I think Alabama's a better matchup because Alabama can at least get some stops on defense. I, 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 I don't think LSU could score enough versus Georgia. Georgia's too good defensively. You're not going to score every possession on them. They're too sound. They're, too, they're way too big up front. They're way too fast on defense. So I, I think Georgia would be a little bit too much for LSU. Uh, as far as matchups are concerned, I would like the matchup of Alabama, not trying to be a homer, but 
I, I feel like they have the right balance of really good defense, explosive enough offensively, and to be able to like stay within the game. But Georgia right now is on a different level than everybody else. Uh, they play games that are close, but it's almost like they're just playing with their food. And then whenever they, they get challenged enough, they rise up and they just beat you back down, and it doesn't matter. And so uh, every time we think they're going to be challenged, they're never challenged. And so it's going to be really interesting because they got a really big matchup this weekend versus Missouri at Athens where if we would have said any team was going to play close to Georgia last year, nobody would have guessed Missouri, and it was. And this year's version of Missouri is way better than it was of last year's version. I think the matchup to look at that is I talk to more of the experts that watch it and really pay attention to it, even more than me, which I, I think I'm pretty good, um, is going to be the D-line of Georgia versus the offensive line of Missouri. Missouri's O-line, they play decent but I don't know if they're big enough and physical enough to go up against this Georgia defense. That's who this game's going to be won or lost. All right, Roman Harper here with us. When you look at the first college football playoff rankings, Ohio State was one. Um, I don't think Ohio State's the best team in the country, but I understand why they were ranked one. But then I go through the rest of the rankings like, <laughs> all right, Washington has a win up against Oregon who's six, but Washington wouldn't be in the top four. And then Florida State, I know their wins haven't aged well necessarily, but Florida State, the committee basically told them, you got to go undefeated or you don't get in. Your biggest takeaway from the playoff committee when it's always confusing was what? Uh, that week one means absolutely nothing. That it usually works itself out at the end of the day. Now, let's talk about the actual rankings. Um, Penn State and Notre Dame are the two teams that are propping all the decision-making up. So you always got to find that one outlier that's really helping to – build the basis of where the committee is at. You got to like look deeper than just the numbers. They say that Penn State's a really good team. They haven't played anybody. They haven't beaten anybody that's really that good. But they're ranked at what 11. Yeah. And then Notre Dame's at 12 or 13. So Ohio State's number 1 cuz they beat Penn State and Notre Dame. Two top that's 15 teams. Number... Yeah. So right but there. But when you so... watch those games like, I thought Notre Dame should have defeated Ohio State. They dropped an interception. And I'll, I'll give them credit for the victory up against Penn State. But James Franklin has turned Penn State into Participation State University. Where after the game, he's like, oh, we had a good effort. Good job. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Zach, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is the debate that I have with my friends every week. It's like, you can look at the rankings and get mad, but you should really look at the outliers that – or basing or propping these other teams up. So that is why Ohio State's number one. I don't know why Georgia's number two. Georgia has only won for two straight years mm -hmm. and just completely dominated the college football scene. But whatever. And also the target moves. It's that, okay, well, this year it's strength of schedule. Well, this year it's lack of strength of schedule. It's also quality wins or quality loss. So all the targets are always moving in this CFP talking. Number three is Michigan, which I think – this is my biggest tip right now. This whole Michigan scandal yeah. is way bigger, and we're going to talk about that. I'll, I'll finish my comment. But And I think Florida State should be much higher. I really appreciate the way Florida State's played. Um, they're kind of rolling through the ACC, and they had some great quality wins earlier. I think that's a better team than what they're giving credit for. Washington at five, I like them as a Pac-12, but the Pac-12 continues to eat amongst themselves, and, and we'll see how they do as they continue to get through the season. Oregon, I mean – I watched them. I don't think they're better than Texas or Alabama in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, but that's my opinion. Um, and Texas should also be moved down a slot because they told us that injuries matter. So is Texas the seventh-best team with Quinn Ewers not playing quarterback? I don't believe so. But 
that's what they're telling us. And they're also in front of an Oklahoma team that that they lost to. So that's another thing. It's just all weird. I don't understand it. Ole Miss is another team that could really benefit from a 12-team playoffs because um, they're a team that could really go in there and wreck a lot of havoc versus non-SEC opponents named Alabama. All right, let's get to Michigan real quickly. Wrap it up with Roman Harper. This will be the last thing I ask you. I don't think the Big Ten should step in and do anything before the end of the season. Where are you at with this one? Uh, I, I I agree with your statement. This should not be a conference stepping in because they want to get the money at the end of the day. They're trying to get in the playoffs. And if they can get two in, that's what they're going to do. So they will protect themselves. I totally understand that. I respect that. But the NCAA must step in and do something. Accountability must be held somewhere, Zach. That's my only problem. I don't – look, I come from the school of if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I get it. I get it. I'm trying to get an edge all the time, right? But it's something to be said to go be sneaking and stealing signs like baseball back in whatever day. And it's just, and look, you still got to stop the play. But you're Michigan. You should just be able to line up and beat these teams. You don't need to go out there and cheat to do it. it it's, and I, I don't like the accountability piece about it because nobody's being held accountable. You're telling me this little GA guy that probably makes $30,000 or $40,000 a year is buying plane tickets and, and, and putting, buying base, best seats in the house to be able to sit up there and steal signs. And then when we ask people above them, they're like, they have no answer. I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how he got there. It's just, for me, the accountability piece is missing. And that is a disrespect that I, I really feel for everybody that's involved. Because if you're telling me it doesn't give you an edge, you're lying. And if you're saying that, oh, Michigan still wins these games, maybe so. But by how much? And so when they're blowing everybody else out and they're stealing and cheating and doing it the wrong way, because if everybody could do it, then there's no complaint. But it's clearly said that the coaches make all these rules, Zach, and they know they can't do it. And so it, it just, to me, it's so low blow. It's egregious, honestly, egregious. That's the term I'm using for it. And I want somebody to be held accountable for it and not just some GA that's getting thrown out and now is getting more attention than he's ever had in his life. Yeah, and I've always said this, that there needs to be a punishment and they did something wrong, but like people that think you need to basically like put an end to the Michigan program over this. That's just no, that's too no. far to me. No, I, and I'm not I saying you're almost, saying that. I, I'm talking about other yeah. people's reaction. I, I know that you're not and, saying that. No, not at all, man. Look, so I, I, look, I played at Alabama. We got put on bowl suspension, so I like I get the whole suspend. Like you lose scholarships and all that stuff. But I, I told you I would feel better if just somebody stood up and said, you know what, it was on me. All right. Have some kind of accountability. And so when I'm watching week after week, more of this stuff is coming out and more is coming out and there's still no accountability piece. That's when I think the NCAA needs to step in and say, you know what, if you're not going to step up and do something yourself and say it's your fault, apologize and like cut it out, then you got to step in. And I'm not saying they don't get to get in the playoffs, but something needs to be done because it's just such an unfair advantage when nobody else can do it. In NFL, everybody can do it, so nobody cares, right? Yeah. But in college, it's a known fact you can't do it, and you shouldn't have to do it. You're Michigan. That's my other part about it. I just think it's a huge accountability piece that's missing, and if they don't do it, the NCAA needs to step in and smack them down to make sure that they know not to do it again and that the accountability piece is held for somebody. 
Well, we know the NCAA is going to wait and wait and wait because they're like by mile time. They they move very, <laughs> very, very, very slowly. It's going to be unfortunate because the season's going to go by. Michigan may get in. They may not. Whatever. I don't even care what happens. But And then you're going to look up and they're going to try and vacate wins. And I'm like, dude, it already happened. We, we know what happened. Yeah, that's a so stupid part that the NCAA does. It's, it's a stupid part. They should either uh, not allow them right now, just come in, step in, say you're done, all right? Which no one would like. Off, but nobody would like it. But nobody liked that Jim Harbaugh and his guy and his crew went out there and did what they did either. So um, they kind of earned this one. It's not like, you know, we're not coming out of just anywhere just trying to pick on Michigan. Michigan kind of earned this one. I, I'm not thinking it's a huge deal. Because on the field, but in college, like you're just Michigan, and so why are you already going and doing those things to like Michigan State? And like, like you're already better than them. Like it doesn't make sense. Like Ohio State, yeah. I get it. You know what I mean? But like you're stealing signs from Michigan State, bro. Like why? Like you don't need to do that. It's just it just really really bothers me, Zach. I'm sorry no. I'm taking you long on my rant, but this is like something that I feel is such a competitive advantage at this level. You know, mm-hmm. at this level, it's such a competitive advantage. And it should be, it should not be allowed. It's not allowed. And I am missing the accountability piece. I think that's the most disappointing part. He is Roman Harper. Always love when we get to chat with him. The star of the SEC Network, Tim Tebow, who, Roman, thanks so much, my friend. <laughs> Zach, thank you, man. Keep keep telling that. Maybe the word is spread. Thank you, brother. You got it. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 